0: Listening to episode 200 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our analysis of season one of Joss Whedon's Dollhouse, starring Eliza Dushku and Harry Lennox. And 200, man, who would have thought that we're coming up on the five-year mark? It'll be in July. I'll figure out what the exact date is. But, uh, yeah, that's crazy. I know, especially, I think I read somewhere that most podcasts never get past episode seven well wow. and, and i mean look you understand why it, it, yeah, you know, we've other people have of well yeah <laughs> it's uh yeah it's it's a big commitment but uh we do it out of love man we, yeah. we, we uh really enjoy this and you know what the heck so. yeah yeah because we're not making any money yeah you know? no we're not but <laughs> that's okay that's all right so. all right well uh, you know, as always, Wayne and I want to remind you, love to hear from you. Emails at SciFiTVRewatch fi tvrewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab. You can record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment or send us a tweet at SciFiTVRewatch tv rewatch and we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussion there. Uh, I, I ran across a, a picture I didn't realize, I was look, uh, doing a little bit of research on Eliza Dushku. And she appeared in an episode of Bull. Are you familiar with that show? Not at all. Okay. Michael Weatherly, it's his post NCIS uh, show. Okay. And actually, he plays a, a, the guy that's supposed to be based on Dr. Phil, who was initially a, a jury selection expert. Okay. Which is what he plays in here. So I found a picture of the two of them together Dark Angel meets Dollhouse. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. uh, I
1: knew who the people were. I just didn't know what the context was.
0: Yeah. I've never seen the show and I can't imagine I'll ever watch it as much as I like Michael Weatherly. Wow. I am surprised to hear you say that. Well, it's just not my kind of show, you know? Well, how do you know if you haven't seen it? Good point. But (laughs) All right. But speaking of my kind of show and your kind of show and Let's talk about The the Leftovers. Well, uh, (laughs) (laughs) somebody else asked me that today. Hey, did you see The uh, Leftovers? Uh, No, I quit. Really? Oh, I know who it was. It was Joe that asked me that. Okay. And I and and I feel bad because I know he wanted to talk about it. Right. Right. So. And he's like, "And Tromble's not here, so." I uh, know, <laughs> and uh, although you know his brief assessment was exactly, I think, what turned me off to the show. Although he you know, like that aspect of it. And, uh, you know, somewhere down the road, uh, I'll get to it. I mean, if you want to say anything about it, don't worry. Don't worry about uh, spoiling it for me.
1: I was just messing with you really, but I, so the, the final episode of was last night and I'm just gonna put it out there that I really liked it. I like how they ended. Um, it wasn't a a big, you know, well, the, the actually the second to last one was the kind of action packed, Episode and, and this one really uh, really brought a lot of closure to the show. Um, you know, kind of answered some questions. Um, even you know, dropped a little bit about the departure there, Dave. So I don't know if you were, you know, you might you might actually get a little bit
0: of, of answers there if you uh, if you continued on for season three. Okay, well, you know what, I I did kind of scan a few reviews, thinking. I don't care if I'm spoiled, but they didn't really mention that. I mean, it's good to hear. I mean, that would be something that would bring me to perhaps coming back. Yeah. But it ended up coming
1: around kind of like full circle and being, it was a, you know, emotionally dramatic rather than, you know, kind of episode I would say, but it was good. I liked it. I thought it was a great uh, finish. It was, you know, had a heavy sense of the feels uh especially during the last you know probably half hour or so or 20 minutes. Oh okay. Well that's good to hear. So
0: well what's also good to hear is if you're a genre fan this week begins the mass return of a lot of shows that have been in hiatus. So uh we're recording this on Monday but when we release this podcast so it'll be Friday. And Dark Matter is going to return to sci-fi for its third season with a double episode on Friday, July, on Friday, June 9th, followed at 10 p.m. by Winona Earp's season two premiere. Now, Michael and I interviewed Melanie Scrafano, who plays Winona, and Tim Rosin, who plays Doc Holliday this week, which you can check out on the Sci-Fi Fidelity podcast for June that's going to be available later this week. And Rosin of course played massimo the druid in lost girl oh okay so, yeah been a while since we talked to any it lost is, girl yeah right yeah now the following night june 10th bbc america brings dr who a companion as orphan black's fifth and final season begins so really looking forward to that and i do have to say i'm still I- i've fallen behind on dr who because we're so involved with the crown the Netflix series, so we've got one more episode to go. And, and even though my wife's really into Doctor Who, The Crown's been taking precedence. But really? uh, yeah, I know. So so we'll, well get to it.
1: Um, you know, they they had like a a nice three part story. Um, they just tied off, and I think that was exactly what this season needed. In fact, that's what I was thinking back in the early episodes of this season. Where I, I I wasn't necessarily sure what was going on and I didn't know if I was really enjoying this season as much. And I'm like, you know, they just need a big, like a nice, you know, two three story arc going on with some really nasty baddie uh, and all kinds of stuff. And and they, uh, they really delivered that and kind of got back to uh, the, the old who that that I remember.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny as you were just saying that. I was thinking like, yeah, that's right. They haven't done the the 2 and 3 part. You know, and they didn't necessarily even refer to them as two as part 1, part 2, part 3, but it was clear that they were and, and that was really uh, a nice thing that that we had in the past, so it's good to hear that they're, you know, returning to it. Yep. Now, on June 14th, the debut of the grindhouse series blood drive. And I think I've mentioned that before on the podcast. Sci-fi is referring to it as the show cable television will regret ever letting us air. <laughs> and it is wild. It, it It's not the kind of show that I ordinarily like, but I I'm hooked. I mean, I've only seen the pilot, but I'm definitely going to jump aboard. It, it's just, I, I mean, it, it's like death race, 2000, Meets Cannonball Run meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so it's really cool. It's not for the faint of heart or the squeamish, but it does appear that amidst all the blood, the gore, you know, the sex, that there really is going to be some compelling characters and, and a compelling storyline. Now, hopefully, they don't prove me wrong on that, but you know, I'm going to jump aboard for a while.
1: Well, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of the uh, commercials for it, and you know
0: I've been thinking uh, I'd maybe give it a try. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Now, the season 1 finale of The Handmaid's Tale is going to air on June 14th as well, it has been renewed for a second season. I'm at episode 7, so I, I I'm almost caught up. It it's a fascinating series and <laughs> you know, I, I'm almost surprised you don't hear more buzz about it. I mean, you do, but you know, maybe may more in the mainstream, but regardless, so a lot for genre fans and and, you know next week i'll have some more shows that are returning but i can already see the dvr is going to start filling up in a hurry yeah
1: (laughs) well now you mentioned like uh seasons being renewed um i don't really want to talk about 12 monkeys because i know you haven't finished it yet but i was just under the assumption that since they did this what they, they showed the whole season three nights right yes and so to me, I like thought, oh, well, this must be the last season to, for them to pull a stunt like that, you know. And so w- when the the 10th episode ended, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, like that's how they're leaving yeah. it. And then like the right away it comes up with, you know, 12 Monkeys will be back next year with, you know, season four or five or four, five yeah i think it's five but i could be wrong but but whatever it's the final right for sure right so i was like oh thank god (laughs) because i'm like like, they can't leave it like that you know like i kept thinking like how are they going to resolve all this shit and and like they've only got five minutes left how's this gonna happen
0: you know and then i know now i think that this final season is a little bit shorter i I, i'm not sure how many episodes i want to say six but i don't think that's right i think it might be a, a few more than that but I'll, I'll find out for next time and, and throw that out there. But yeah, I'm really digging it. I've got two more episodes to go, which hopefully I'll get to later this week. Uh, yeah, certainly, I got to get to it before the Friday night onslaught begins. Right. So, all right. Well, enough about that. Why don't we get to the show that we're here to talk about, which is Dollhouse? Okay. All right, Dave. Let's go. Shoulder to the wheel. Season one, episode two, called "The Target." And for the second week in a row, we've got an episode that's written and directed by the same person, which, you know, is kind of unusual. You you think about all the shows we've covered, it doesn't happen that often, and it's usually somebody like Joss Whedon. Right. But this one was written and directed by Stephen S. DeKnight, who was the creator and head writer for the Spartacus franchise, which I only saw a few episodes here and there of the different incarnations. Did you watch that? Nope. Yeah, I didn't either. Although it does look pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I I heard it's
1: good, you know, and everything. But
0: yeah, I had uh, seven. Yeah, now, now surprisingly, he worked on Angel, Buffy, and and Smallville. But he's also the showrunner on Daredevil, which you watched, Uh, right? I only really, I I only got through the first episode. It just didn't didn't grab me.
1: Okay, I just don't know if I can. I'm going to say it one more time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That you got to power through those first couple episodes, and then it gets really good, Dave. I promise you.
0: You just need a hot key on your keyboard that, whenever I say something like that, you just <laughs> and it, and it has the pre-recorded response.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, not to get too much into it because I know we don't actually talk about Dollhouse, but just that's like a thing that watching The Leftovers, I've, I felt like I'm being rewarded for kind of sticking with it. You know, like like it's almost like some shows. I'm not saying, like, every show is good and that just because you quit a show, just because you can't. But, like, a show like The Lefters, I felt like, you know, like, they really reward the people who kind of understood that the first couple episodes weren't the greatest and maybe they were definitely depressing and, and there was a lot of... Things there, but then you know you stick with it, and all of you really get rewarded, you know. And I kind of like shows like that that don't necessarily jump out of the gate firing on all cylinders, but you know find themselves, uh, you know, after a couple episodes.
0: Well, you know, and there really is something to be said for that. And I guess you could make the argument that because of the nature of the show, and I think what what Damon Lindelof is trying to present here, that it's maybe an attempt to draw the viewer in to feeling the same way. I know I always say the show's so darn depressing, which is why I stopped watching it, but maybe that's kind of the point. And and as you said, you feel like you got rewarded for powering through it. And and, you know, that's an interesting way to look at it. Anyway, but dollhouse is not one of those shows. I mean,
1: granted, obviously it gets a lot better um, halfway through season one. But uh, it starts off pretty strong, though, you know?
0: Well, I, well, I think so, too. And it, it's funny because when we started this podcast, or, or in other words, when we first mentioned that we were considering Dollhouse, and, and certainly there's a lot of feeling out there that season two is far better. And, and, and again, while that might be true, I think season one's really strong in its own right. And I feel like these first two episodes have gone a long way to presenting this scenario that of all of this stuff that's going on that that I don't know if there would have been a better way to do it in the 42 minute format so I just think what I really like about this episode which before I forget that you know aired on February 20th 2009 what's really striking me is how the episode is constructed and my first viewings of dollhouse several years ago I just watched the episodes. I just watched the show. And, and you know, w- whenever we do a podcast, we're, we're more attuned to how the episode is put together. Mm-hmm. And in in a sense, this one's put together in the same way as, as last week in that it, it's got the engagement that Echo goes on. Sure. Uh, we also follow Paul Ballard as he's uh, looking for dollhouse clues. And then we get a little bit of what's going on with alpha and the pursuit of him but this week when when you really separate everything we get very little about alpha you know kind of in isolation we don't really get that much of ballard we get primarily the engagement but then what the writer does is weave all of these flashbacks yeah. into the engagement which they didn't really do last week i think there were some fl- but yeah there was definitely a
1: lot more flashbacks this time.
0: Yeah. So I, again, I, I forget how they're going to do this moving forward. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle episode three. But while the engagement is certainly the primary focal point, you know, th- these little snippets of the past, including Topher's arrogance concerning the tech, like we talked about last week. Sure. And, and and that's certainly so part of this play here it is on full display and and it's it's an important part of the entire series again like we said last week we are we're walking that line for those of you that have already seen the series and those of you that this is a, a first watch so um we also though get a sense of Boyd's timeline with the dollhouse and and that he was brought aboard after the alpha incident correct right yes and I don't know. Do we did we learn his background? Was he law enforcement or? They they did say last um, the last episode that he was a police officer. Okay,
1: but they just mentioned it once and very quickly, so they didn't really dwell on it, you know, much at all.
0: Yeah, and and I think one of the things that that really comes across in in this episode more so the first one is the attitude that he brings with him to this job. And I think we mentioned last week that that he seems to be so far the the conscience of the show, which, you know, still seems to be true. But you almost wonder why you would accept a job that you so clearly loathe what it is they are doing here. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know about loathe, but certainly he's very reluctant uh, about what they're doing for sure. I mean, because, Um, but, but yeah, you're right. How, as I'm watching this episode, I'm like thinking, why did you take this job? You know, like it doesn't make any sense. You, it, you are, you're kind of like against almost everything that they tell you. But then, you know, he creates that, that bond very quickly with Echo. And I think that's probably what hooks him, you know, keeps him there, you know?
0: Well, I agree. I, Yeah, I mean, it's like he made that commitment to keep her safe. But even that, when, when he creates that bond, when they go through the little script that Topher's got for him, he, he's—I mean, if he didn't literally roll his eyes when Topher yeah. told him what to say, he was certainly doing it in his mind. Right, right. But
1: well, yeah, and holding her hand and everything—you can see he was just like, "Are you kidding me? Like,
0: what's this all about?" Right, and and I guess like. Us, he's learning what the dollhouse is really all about from a technological standpoint as well but it's so much bigger than just the technology uh, but speaking of big i mean the big question that i think we leave this episode with is why didn't alpha kill echo because yeah, he, that, that's a big question right because he clearly killed Every active in sight, right? Yes, as well as other handlers and and you know, the, yeah, you know, just generally her work. handler, right? But but also just I I, I guess various aides that that work there as well. So sure, you know. Well, that and then we know.
1: It, I mean, I guess we assume that Alpha is the naked guy in the first episode, and in that case, he he killed two people in that apartment as
0: well right and we get a look at him sort of so i'm not sure at at this point i still was was clear on who the actor is that's playing him uh, you know of course in retrospect it, 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 the guys instantly recognizable but you know, right. at, at this but we're point, not there yet. So we don't we're know. not there yet, right. Now, another thing that comes up in this episode, and certainly it's a big part of the show as well, is how blank is the doll state? I mean, Echo Apparently appears- Apparently not very. Well, I mean, Echo appears to remember Alpha's killing spree. I mean, or right. at least that what what we see through
1: her eyes. Right. Well, at the end, she slaps her shoulder like Richard, who I'm now going to refer to as Dick. <laughs> uh, did so. We 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 are getting overwhelming evidence through just from these two episodes that Topher's little wipe doesn't really work a hundred percent, and he is so confident And you know, like we saw right away in the first scene where Alpha, you know, the the aftermath of of the destruction and chaos that that uh, Alpha had had wreaked upon the the dollhouse and. Topher is still like kind of in denial
0: that what happened could have even happened. Right. But yet and he did. refers to it. He refers to it as a composite event. And like you said, it's like, well, okay, it happened now, but it can't happen again. And I'm shocked it happened. But I guess what fascinates me and and certainly puzzles me is why this doesn't seem to bother DeWitt more I mean, it bothers her. There's no doubt, but but you certainly see, Mister Dominic has the right idea, I, I think, about keeping the dollhouse safe. And and you know, again, we'll talk about you know how he feels about Ballard and what his recommendations are.
1: Well, oh, so is so is Dominic's solution to
0: everything is
1: just kill everybody? Well, right. That seems not- this is like the second episode in a row. He's like, well, we got to just kill everyone. Yeah, well, like, it does seem he's that up way, there, Chief. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, we, we see his assault squad going after Alpha, but but yeah. of course they're too late. And you know, we see that initial scene. Topher's got blood all over him, and of course it's not his blood. But but as you said, he's still in technical denial uh, because he claims that Alpha was wiped after each engagement. Which, okay, fine. But what does that actually mean? And I think what we're seeing certainly through Echo is that the wipe is not totally effective right. and that there are well, artifacts.
1: I, yeah, absolutely. And I, I said it last time and I'll probably say it a million times before we're done talking about dollhouse. But the, the human brain is way more complex than you know what anyone can imagine. So, you know, like it's just complete hubris for Topher to assume that he can, you know, Do something that will completely and irrevocably wipe every memory from a person's brain and and leave nothing there, like nothing deep down in the subconscious that he just can't get at, when clearly that's
0: exactly what's happening. Right. But I mean, are are the financial rewards for the dollhouse so great that DeWitt and whoever DeWitt's bosses are, are willing to take these risks because- I mean, this is a pretty serious turn of events. And, and you know, the fact sure. that they have a name for it, the composite event, sort of tells me that this kind of thing may have happened before. Now, not to well, this extreme. He, he says extreme. straight up that,
1: that something like that happened before, right? Right. Because when but. he's talking to uh, Boyd and, and Boyd says, well, why don't you imprint them with like ninja skills? And he says, well, we did. And, you know, this basically says this is what happened. Yeah, I think he says blood
0: mayhem, yeah, right, whatever. Right. But
1: uh, so, which which there's actually two things going there. You know, first of all, that they're like just experimenting on human beings, right? They've got yeah. these people. And yeah, I assume, that, you know, from what we've seen with Caroline slash Echo, uh, you know, she volunteered for this gig, but like still to completely just use, you know, like human beings as like your lab rats. And there's probably a lot of people who say even rat, rat, using rats is unethical too um, but that's just but that's super unethical you know but it doesn't even he doesn't even think twice about it you know he has no his his sense of ethics and morality is completely not there yeah. right it's just not
0: anywhere yeah but these people volunteer yeah but still you know i mean like well, do you argue that they don't know what it is they're volunteering for? See, because I, 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 mean, we haven't seen it yet, but I would argue that Echo or Caroline knows what she's agreeing to. Um, it does kind of seem like
1: it, but I just can't. I don't. Well, we don't know. Actually, we don't know. But I, whether they, I don't. It's even to get. How do you get people to agree that they can you can just wipe their minds and do whatever you want with them for five years? You know that that there's no way you can say that's ethical, even if they signed a waiver or whatever. It's still it's completely
0: awful. Well, we don't know what they get out of it. Uh, you know, we 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 understand at this point that whatever trouble Caroline's in this is going to get her out of it but it seems as if there's got to be more of a payoff than than simply yeah, that yeah
1: that's actually a good point too yeah yeah
0: right but uh yeah but but it also begs uh, i guess a larger question is there a bigger grander purpose behind what they're doing at the dollhouse and we we don't know that at, at this point for sure but you know is there a possible good that can come out of being able to do something like this, and 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 you wonder. I mean, if you, I, I mean, it's not unlike what we saw in Travelers, right? In that, right. Uh, you know, you've got people with different skill sets who were now now granted they maybe weren't imprinted with those skills, but I mean, if you have to have a doctor. And there's no doctor available, and this technology exists. I mean, is is there perhaps a greater good? Now, chances are, no, (laughs) that it's all about money and power and things like that. But so, but but yeah. But
1: what you brought before, though, you raised a good point that clearly the dollhouse is raking in some buku dollars, so that really it's like. They just, like, are trying to – like, even, like, something as horrible as Alpha happens, but they keep going, right? They don't, like, say, oh, well, you know what? We should really stop doing this. No, they they just keep on going, and it seems like they're it's all, like, damage control, you know? Just, like, managing the situations as they happen, get out, don't leave a trace, uh, and then just, you
0: know, carry on. Yeah, and, and, I mean, one of the things I loved about how this episode was put together – is the parallel between Alpha's killing spree and this psycho client, Richard, because essentially they were kind Dick. of the same type of person. I mean, this guy, as we learn, he was not at all who he said he was and who he purported to be, which then begs the question of how uh, thoroughly they are vetting their clients. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and certainly that know, comes not, up. Not too thoroughly. Right. Right, because like then... You know, Dominic only afterwards is like, well, there's the you know, this guy doesn't exist. Well, maybe you should have known that before you sent Echo out with them, you know, instead of like after the fact. that's what I'm saying. It's all damage control, right? They can't right. And it's just like anything. Anytime you can you can't control like systems and humans. Like the more complex something is, the the more impossible it is to to control it. And they can't control despite Their fact of wiping these people and everything, they still can't control them, really. They can't control the people that they're with. And so all they can do is manage what happens
0: when it all goes south. What apparently they do, because we're introduced to the term, the attic, as Dominic says, if it was up to him... I'd send her to the attic and and I guess when you look at well what what is an attic you know it's a place where people store things they don't really want but aren't prepared to throw away right so you know and how unprofessional is that conversation right well that's
1: true that when is he true comes down to just talk smack to echo like what'd she
0: do to him you know well and, and what was made, made that scene I think especially poignant on the you know from her perspective is she has no idea really what he's saying because she's been wiped, right? She's just like, oh, I'm going to go get my bath now, right? And and you thanks. You refer to uh, the client as Dick, and and and, I mean certainly Dominic. And I guess it's what I love about his character is that he, uh, as I said last week, he does have a point about a lot of what he says. Now, granted, as you mentioned earlier. I mean, does he have to have death as the answer to everything? And and of course, he shouldn't, but I guess that's what makes him so fascinating to me. Yeah. Okay. Now, no. He, okay. he's definitely a fascinating character. I'm just like, you
1: know, and also, like I said, like I liked Reed Diamond. I liked the character he played on homicide. So, you know, it's kinda still kind of bothers me when he always has to get typecast as some complete a-hole who you know like here like Mr. Dominic is just I mean though he's obviously pretty good at his job and he's like kind of the the practical voice in this operation he's still like kind of a jerk you know
0: yes he is well at least he's not a nazi so well in, not in yet. this show <laughs> in this show <laughs> all right well let's talk for a minute about the composite event you know because you know we find out that alpha's gone rogue killed all these actives dollhouse employees so I guess, as I understand it, a composite event is that there are little bits and pieces of different personalities that he's been imprinted with that have stayed there. And that somehow at some point, and we don't know really what triggers it, he's able to put these little bits and pieces together, I guess. That's what the that's what the composite, I guess, yeah, is. That then begs the question because, you know, they make a point of how skillful these people were cut up, which leads you to believe somebody with surgical skills. So at some point, I guess he was imprinted as a surgeon and you you start to think, okay, why? <laughs> what for? Yeah. I mean, does it go back to what I would said a few minutes ago that that perhaps... If you needed a doctor and you don't have one available, you create just one. Call and, the dollhouse, right? Well, uh, I mean, just, but just zap one up. So, I, I don't know, but that's such an interesting concept that that will you know we'll pay attention to moving forward. Again, he's just still in denial about how any of this could could happen, which is again just. I, I, I think that's this show is so fascinating because all of these people are coming at it from different angles. DeWitt is the business end of it. Dominic is the security. Topher's uh, the the technical aspect. Uh, Boyd, the handler and and security to a, to a certain extent. So, ah, all right, well, let's talk about the engagement because echo goes into the woods to battle nature and and you know whenever i explain the dollhouse to somebody i i never really thought about the fact that i i'm clearly referring to this episode because what i always tell people is all right it, the dollhouse is this place that the, these people with a lot of money generally it's guys and they want a hot chick who's got mega outdoor skills and we're willing to pay for it right and and, i mean essentially that's what we get out of this episode right right this this guy wants her to go on an an adventure which which essentially uh turns out to be uh uh, really the most dangerous game if if, i mean i know you know the short story but yeah saying literally right yeah but, but but literally so yeah but but we also get, and I mentioned at the top of the podcast, that what they do this week with the engagement aspect of the show is, is they they give us some flashbacks. So, so we get DeWitt explaining the whole idea of tabula rasa, the blank slate process, to a potential client. Who I like the fact that he was rather skeptical of the whole thing. It's almost like he's not buying what she's selling. Sure. And, and I'm wondering... Is it that he doesn't understand it? He's unwilling to really listen. But I, I like the fact that they threw him out there because, you know, even though we don't see him in this episode, that mindset clearly is, is something that DeWitt has to deal with, you know, maybe on a daily basis for all we know. Although mm-hmm. I don't, we, we don't know how many clients really have the kind of money to a- afford what it is the dollhouse is selling. But, I mean, like you said, I mean,
1: you know, last week we saw a guy just who wanted, like, a hot, cool date. And then we saw a guy who needed a hostage negotiator, right? And yeah. And then now we got another guy who just wants a hot, cool date that he could kill. So, you know, like you said, I mean, there's th- – the, the roles that these actives can play are innumerable. And right. And so – and-
0: well you know you you, you look at the skill set that's involved here I mean as you said he wants a hot chick that he can kill in the end but he doesn't want it to be easy he wants somebody that's going to present a challenge for him and whether it's the white water rafting then they're they're you know climbing that rock's face I mean clearly she's got these skills but as this engagement's going on you know you know we get a sense for how they monitor each engagement obviously Boyd is on site right he's not too far away but because of where they are they're losing signal and you know I I always love you talk about sci-fi and genre tv show tropes we haven't seen this one in a while but Topher retasking a satellite like okay right I guess so at least they didn't bring okay not not this this it's just gonna take a while Right, it's going to take a while, but uh, no problem. I can do it from my laptop or my right, my my terminal. But have you seen Kingsman yet? No.
1: Oh, Okay, but I mean that was like that was actually a plot point in Kingsman is like rerouting satellites and things like that. But they were actually blowing them up like in space.
0: Right. Well, but, you know, a lot of shows do that. And and the other one that maybe we can talk about it at some point is one of our little mini topics of discussion. The, the What I see is the new genre trope, and I hate it, and that is the bulletproof vest. And I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> right. So, But, but okay. you know, we, we keep talking about Topher and his arrogance, and certainly it comes out while they're monitoring Echo. And of course, Boyd's right to be concerned that he can't see he's lost visual uh, I think he's also lost some of her her heart rate monitoring and Topher's like ah no big deal we'll get it right back and then we're, we we go to see Echo and the guy and right after she shoots a deer with a bow next thing you know they're in bed and uh, but, uh, yeah we actually never learned whether she actually does or not well right? good point right right we see the arrow fly but we don't know whether it hits him right. is there anything you're not good at he asks her <laughs> As they're in bed, and uh, then he tells her, but you need to get going. They begin to play the most dangerous game for real. Right. Now that she's aware of what's going on with this psycho guy, she struggles to escape. The client's pursuing her, ready to shoot her with a high-powered bow, but, you know, meanwhile, Topher's trying to retest the satellite. They have no idea what's going on with her, so... You know, at this point, and and then, of course, she has no idea that anybody's out there to help her, which I I think just kind of adds to the suspense wondering, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, we we certainly suspect that at some point uh, they're going to regain visual or is Boyd simply going to go out there on his own and try to try to find her?
1: Which, again, ultimately, that's what he does, because, you know, like he of that. Intense bond that, that they formed,
0: yeah. Uh, now, both now, ways, yeah. Now does Boyd have a partner? Simply because this engagement was flagged as well. Incredibly- he did. <laughs> he did. Right. Right. Uh, but because they get approached by the ranger, seems an innocent encounter. But of course, the ranger immediately kills his partner, and right. Uh, you know, we we later and, and and at this point, it was really. I think we assumed that this ranger, who we figured is not really a ranger, must have some sort of a connection to the psycho client. But then we really are, you know, well, what's your whole end game here? You know, yeah. are, are you like Ballard trying to bring down the dollhouse, albeit in a different way? Well, but- yeah, and this whole thing was so
1: elaborate. Like, first of all, okay, really, you didn't kill langdon but you tie him up really you know and then you know so the whole time i'm wondering like what is, what is going on because this is beyond just like the, uh, a psycho guy because he actually had to plan out a lot of this well sure. at first we assume it's him because he's got an accomplice uh they kill langdon's partner they kill the ranger that he's trying to kill echo so it's like this is more than just a little game. This there's this like all kinds of planning going on with this. Yeah,
0: but but then it also forces us to question: How did this guy, who's clearly not who he says he is, now? How did he? We assume that he had to tra- wire transfer the money to the dollhouse account, sure, before he was allowed. So he's got access to money you know that's clear and that whole thing about you know shoulder to the wheel you get the impression that really does come from his father so sure, you know, yeah, maybe no question. right. maybe this guy came from money or whatever and then just ended up as this this sick individual but as he's chasing her w- what i also found really fascinating to watch is how this girl who obviously has all these outdoor skills she knows how to use a gun but now that she's really forced to survive for real she goes through that moment where where she's just really this afraid i don't want to say little girl because i I don't mean little girl but but it takes her a while to get her bearings and then once she does you know of of course you know she i don't want to say regains the upper hand but it doesn't take her long to you know start putting things together about you know finding high ground putting certain things in between her and the guy that's after her. You know, you mentioned the dead ranger in the in the closet. That's when she drinks the water out of the canteen, which of course becomes. I, I mean, I, at one time I'm thinking it was kind of a minor plot point, but then is that what initiates the visions that she sees? I guess we have yes. to believe that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, I think the drugs are are. Are blamed on on the visions that she sees, but you know, it's just like you know, it's like common sense. Like, are you telling me there's not like a water fountain or a sink somewhere you can go get a drink of water? Don't drink out of the nasty canteen where you don't know where it's been.
0: Well, I get that, but on the other hand, I I, I suppose I can excuse it because she's under such immediate duress. Sure, but the visions she sees, then we go back to. How much of her true self has actually been wiped? Because you know she does see the vision of herself as Caroline speaking but those lines. She also sees herself as Echo too. Well, right, but she's speaking those lines that we saw from that college yearbook video as well. Right, and then of course we flash back to Boyd's first true encounter with Echo, and, and, and you know that that scene where his bond with her forms. And Topher, again, this is art, not an oil change. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you spilled your paint there, buddy. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. Because that's a funny line from him because, well, it shows like a kind of realization that art is not one thing or the other. It's not 100%. Um, So maybe that that gives us an insight as to like his – how he how he views things, that he doesn't think that like, you know, that the human mind is something that can absolutely be toy, you know, manipulated. It's
0: more like creating a
1: painting where maybe yeah.
0: you're gonna slip up every now and then. Right. Uh did you love Boyd channeling his inner Jack Bauer when he's interrogating yes. the uh Ranger? Yes. Right.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for him to uh to pull out a, a lamp and uh, use the cord to plug into a socket to electrocute the guy. Oh uh, Yeah,
0: well, that would probably be next. I do,
1: I yeah, do. I was, you know? That was probably the most brutal of, I think, of Jack Bauer's tortures. But, but yeah, and the, you know, the guy, like, like he shot you in the one knee when you didn't. He told him you didn't know how many people there were. He asked you again, "Why on earth would you say I don't know? Like, make up a number." You know, say something because he's going to shoot you in your other knee. Not that matter for that guy anyway. Well, well,
0: right. But, you know, as as Boyd is trying to find out what's really going on, Echo passes out and flashes back to the aftermath of of Alpha's killing spree. Why does she remember that? Because doesn't that occur while she's in the doll state? Yes, so then the doll state enables them to have memories, I guess,
1: right, but we've also seen memories of her past encounters too, so I think just what I'm saying is that topher isn't like going deep enough, like there's still memories that are being retained by by these actives, okay, yeah, from both their doll state and also when they're out. As as an active with a personality inside them, they are clearly retaining aspects of of all of that. Though it doesn't, you know, it's like I said, it's deep down, so it doesn't really manifest itself.
0: Right. Well, what the other thing that that is a little puzzling, and and I mean this in a, in the best way, you know, they're returning from what we presume is their first engagement together, and Boyd just seems so disgusted as she goes up to receive her treatment, and this comes on the heels of him being shot with the arrow. So I'm wondering, is this him remembering, you know, as that arrow is in him. And then she tells Boyd about her visions, which are obviously real. I mean, you know, we certainly know that they occurred, but then she doesn't respond appropriately to his script. And then she turns the script around asking him if he trusts her. Right. And I and I love the fact that he says, with my life. Yeah. Yeah,
1: which is the exact reversal of, you know, what uh, they said when he was being imprinted on
0: Echo. Right. And, and then this is a scene where he hands her the gun and asks her if she knows how to use it. And then I love the, you know, she th- thinks she's leaving him there alone. It's like, did you think I gave you my only gun? Right. But— at, at this point, we know this. If we didn't know it earlier, I mean, we know this guy, not Boyd, the other guy, is psycho. And she comes face to face with Caroline. And that line that, that we saw in the college yearbook video, I just wanted to make a difference. I think we're meant to really keep that in mind, keep that in the back of our heads when we when we have to figure out why would this young woman submit to five years of her life which is what you were talking about at the beginning of the podcast right and and we don't know what it is she did that that as we said last week clearly something she felt was a good thing but for whatever reason didn't turn out that way or wasn't perceived that way right but but now we got bow versus gun He's choking the life out of her, and we're thinking like, okay, we know she's going to get out of it. Although, to be honest, I thought Boyd would come up and shoot the guy. At, yeah, that's a,
1: exactly what I thought was going to happen. I'm just like, all right, whatever.
0: anytime now, Boyd. Right, but she takes that arrow right to the neck, and then yeah. he tells her, you really are special before dying and this is a line for those of you that are re-watchers like like Wayne and I this line is really important in the larger arc so you know now by yeah. bringing that out I don't think we're spoiling anything but it's certainly something for you guys to pay attention to and if you've seen the whole series you know to what I refer
1: yeah well but I mean we do I mean obviously we get that that she is special I mean they she's the star of this series. So but uh, uh, maybe you're forgetting what I'm talking about or I am forgetting I kind of think, but I'm kind of forgetting. But uh oh we, well yeah I think I know what you're talking about.
0: All right. But I mean I, I, anyway it was just,
1: yeah.
0: We <laughs> stop there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Dominic's team arrives and we we've seen this both weeks. You know this little SWAT team and then we're back at the dollhouse for Echo's mind wipe. I th- I think this is what you were alluding to earlier on that Boyd now seems to have softened towards Echo it's really the dollhouse he has a problem with because now he's got that connection to her. And, and, and it's funny because Topher is sort of implying that, that it can't be broken, but he's really talking about on her end. And then here it is that, that he's the one that's really going to stand by and protect this girl despite his misgivings about the overall, you know, place that, that they both work for. Right all right well we see a little bit of agent paul ballard this week uh some local leos who he clearly knows and they're investigating that house where sierra's team had rescued the girl and echo in episode one and and of course ballard doesn't agree with the assessment of the agents you did notice the one agent right dude of course i did okay mark a shepherd
1: yes now that i think about it like, we suggested last week that Tamo Pennicott might be the first man of sci-fi. I think Mark A. Shepard,
0: he's probably got a stronger uh, stronger claim on that title. Yeah, he's he's certainly up there. You, a lot of you guys know him from Battlestar Galactica, certainly Firefly. Right. What the heck is his name in Firefly? Uh, oh, my know, God. I, I love you're... his character. I, I can't remember. But, uh, uh, he, but he's also in Supernatural, right? Yes, or, or, or yeah, was. he's
1: got a big piece Crowley. Okay, he was in twenty four. Oh. I didn't realize he was in twenty four. He was a bad guy in uh, in the two thousand six season. Uh,
0: Badger. Badger. Yes, absolutely great. Character. So, should,
1: should we just really quickly run through like his creds? Sure. These are just the the like the ones that we would talk about here in this show. So we got Firefly. I'm going to start with Firefly. He was on Charm before that. Alright,
0: let's just start with Firefly. So we got Firefly. Um Although Charmed got I mean, I never watched Charmed, but but it got good reviews from the, the supernatural wing of the genre kingdom. All right. I'll trust you on
1: that one. Uh Medium. Okay. The ill-fated Bionic Woman TV series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh NCIS. He was just a one there. Okay. We knew about Battlestar Galactica, obviously, Dollhouse. Another big one. Chuck. Do you ever see Chuck? I, I haven't. No. Um it was okay. I'm trying to think if I was watching it when he was I uh, probably yeah, I think I might have been in that season. I don't know. Uh Dr. Who? He was oh. in two episodes uh, uh the the astronaut ones. Okay. He played the uh the secret service guy. Oh. Okay. Kent in Delaware. Leverage. Big part mm-hmm. in Leverage. White Collar, a pretty big part in that. I don't know if that's a genre show or not. Yeah, it's not uh, really. Warehouse, it's pretty good. Warehouse 13. A lot, okay. He was on that a lot. Um, and Supernatural, which he is a big – he's a, one of the stars of Supernatural, one of the central actors in that. So, I mean, I would, I would challenge – almost any other actor to to step up to that resume as far as genre shows
0: goes. Wow. Okay. that's yeah, pretty impressive, I must say. But what comes out of this scene, you know, Ballard, aside from the fact that, that his uh, compatriots are still scoffing at, at his obsession with the dollhouse, making fun of him, but the little girl mentioned the pretty lady that saved her, which is something that gets Ballard's attention. But you know, it's almost like he can't win for trying. We also see him call Luboff riding with a pretty girl, still being teased by coworkers, And that's when he discovers that manila envelope that we saw earlier that's got Caroline's photo inside. And, of course, we see that uh, we assume that's Alpha, you know, the naked guy with the two dead bodies. Uh, and he wrote Caroline on the back of the photo. We didn't see that last week. Now Dominic tells DeWitt that Ballard's a threat, wants to authorize a hit, which is what you were referring to earlier. Uh, he's a federal agent. Well, cl- so clearly, Dominic doesn't care. Yeah, but, but clearly it. there's a disconnect here because on the one hand, the writers are setting up parallel between Topher and DeWitt in, in in what they do, but you know they both seem secure in certain levels of security both technologically and on a day-to-day basis so uh, again can this go on forever i mean does something have to give you you would certainly think so but then we're introduced to ballard's neighbor melly who clearly has a crush on ballard sure Uh, you know he takes the lasagna rain check and we're thinking like dude
1: what is wrong with you yeah exactly what is wrong with you That is a good question. He does it, you know. There is that one shot where he is, you know, purportedly looking at the lasagna, but I don't think he's looking at the lasagna so much in that shot. Lasagna looked awfully good, I will say, but it did. But so does Mel. Holding it kind of at chest level there. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, but, but, but yeah, yeah, like, so I get it. Yes, he's super dedicated. He's so into his job that. you know, he, he can't even take time to to have a, a meal with a pretty girl who lives across the hall.
0: He can't even take time to put the photograph inside the folder so that your neighbor doesn't see it and ask questions. Right. But yeah. that's another thing. Yeah, it's another thing. Um, and then finally, you know, the pursuit of Alpha. And, and, you know, we get a lot of it in flashbacks, but we see Boyd's interview for his job at the dollhouse after the Alpha incident. And you know, in fact, the bodies are still on site and, and we see Dr. Saunders and the wounds to her face, which are still fresh at this point. Boyd views the body of Echo's former handler and is amazed that someone did the damage in eight seconds. And I, I think on a lot of levels, they thought Boyd would be shocked, disgusted. I don't know what at seeing the body. I I, I was a little I don't know, taken aback why they would think that. I mean, again, you vetted him. I mean, he's got experiences. This is not the first dead body he's seen and probably not the worst shape he's seen a dead body in.
1: All oh, right. They they think he's going to be squeamish about it. He's like, uh, no,
0: let's see. Yeah. Right. Right. But that idea that alpha accesses multiple imprints, which, which is, I think the key that, that what comes out of this scene is that not that it, necessarily just happened but that he somehow consciously accessed it now whether that ends up being true or not we don't know at this point but but i kind of took that away uh, well we just
1: know that that alpha obviously is different than the other like again you, you know we said how um echo is special i mean certainly alpha is you know beyond the other actives
0: right So that leads us into the final scene, and and, uh, we have the question addressed that that has to be asked. Dominic explains to DeWitt that the client's background was an elaborate fabrication, so who helped here? And then when Boyd views the body of the ranger that he interrogated, he says, well, wait a minute, my gunshots are not what killed this guy. And then we see these knife wounds that Boyd recognizes as the work of Alpha, So what the heck's going on? Is Alpha the one that hired this guy to take Echo out in the woods? That certainly is what Dominic thinks. Okay. And Saunders, though, tells him that Alpha was shot and killed. Why would she think that? Is that simply what she's being told? Right. Or,
1: you know, what she wants to believe, right? Right. Because, I mean, they, they say in the first scene how... You know, they're like kind of like, oh, did you see what she did to Doctor Saunders? And then we we see what he did to Doctor Saunders, and you know, it's pretty
0: pretty bad, right? Right. Oh yeah, because you see, the wounds are still fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and we see that the time jumps around because we see Doctor Saunders where she's been cut, but clearly some time has has gone by, so they're they're s- certainly not as fresh. But Boyd recognizing that it all leads back to Echo. Uh, obviously sets up you know the these arcs down the road where boyd is going to start poking around places he probably shouldn't be poking so um and then of course as we mentioned earlier dominic tells echo in that 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 one scene if we were up to me i'd put you in the attic and and you know that's pretty much what we're left with so i don't know i mean i'm i'm giving this one an a minus i mean i think it was a, a really good episode so what, what are you going with this week? yeah
1: i, I, I agree with a minus everything but this is funny and so i might have because like i said my son brendan is now infatuated with dollhouse um so much so that he took the the, the dvds downstairs to watch them the other night and so today when i i wanted to rewatch the episode before podcasting i had to you know Hobbled my way downstairs on my crutches to go retrieve the DVD because he left it downstairs. But uh, so, you know, in, in our "Ask a Fourteen Year Old" uh, segment here, um, he says that uh, that Dick was like his, one of his favorite characters in the show. Okay, okay. <laughs> from from what he's seen so far, he's, he's only seen like the first, I think, four or five episodes. But he okay. really liked richard as a character okay. so i don't know if that maybe i should take him to a psychologist i don't know all right well
0: anything else you want to bring up from this one that we haven't mentioned already um i think we've pretty much got what we got yeah i think okay. we good. as i'm sitting here looking at my laptop clock and wondering why it says 8 p.m when my ipad says correctly that it's 8:32. that's bizarre Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. anyway. How bizarre. How bizarre. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for uh, this week's look at Dollhouse. I want to thank you guys for joining us. Love to hear from you about what you think about Dollhouse, anything else in genre television. As we mentioned at the top of the show, there's a lot coming up this week. Encourage you to join the Facebook group, share your thoughts with the sci fi TV rewatch community, and if you're already a member, spread the word. rewatch at gmail.com is how you can reach us. Voicemails via SpeakPipe, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week to talk about Dollhouse, Episode 3 of Season 1, titled Stage Fright. But until then...
1: You know, Dave, now that it's Episode 200 and you're embarking on a, you know, professionally a new direction and everything, I I, I need to tell you that I love you. Deep, deep man love.